And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. We've made it. Good job. Yes. Yeah, well done. <laughs> we certainly have. Well done, team. Now go home. <laughs> All right. It seems, of course, as expected, President Yoon is on his way to Camp David for that trilateral summit. Uh, what's on the agenda? What's expected? Let's get a closer look at this keyword. This is our first pick of the day. Off to U.S. So President Yoon is on his way to the United States to attend that trilateral summit with President Joe Biden and uh, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. What can we expect out of him? Yeah, so we've been saying this for the past uh, few days now, so it's pretty much a repeat of what I've been saying, but uh, it's good to get a reminder nonetheless. Uh, The summit is scheduled to take place at Camp David, the presidential retreat uh, on Friday, local time. It is the first time that the leaders of these three countries are meeting for a standalone uh, trilateral summit rather than on the sidelines of international gatherings. Now, the purpose of the summit is mainly to discuss ways to increase security cooperation in response to North Korean threats. Biden also wants to create a united front against the growing influence of China and Russia as well. So eyes will be on how South Korea responds to that, because, of course, as I mentioned, we mentioned um, numerous times before, Korea is always kind of stuck in the middle between these tensions between the U.S. and China. Uh, Under President Yoon, it's been slightly more towards the U.S., uh, but uh, we'll have to see what the reactions and discussions are. Now, the leaders plan to discuss not only security matters, but also uh, economic issues, such as ensuring a steady supply of semiconductors and batteries, um, whether the issue of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and all those kind of contentious issues between South Korea and the US uh, will be discussed or uh, mm. also remain to be seen. Um, now, South Korean and US officials say the summit will mark a new phase of trilateral cooperation and uh, set the stage for future collaboration. That's kind of been the similar sentiment between um, government officials here in South Korea, as well as uh, def- uh, Defense Department officials in the US uh, and other officials there as well. Uh, during the summit, the leaders intend to adopt two uh, important documents, namely the Camp David principles and the spirit of Camp David. Uh, the first document will outline guidelines for ongoing trilateral cooperation. The second will describe specific steps to enhance collaboration through a consultation body, as well as joint efforts uh, on military exercises, deterrent strategies and economic security as well. And you will also have separate meetings with Biden and Kashida. Um, so he'll be having three meetings mm. in total while he's in the U.S. Now, in an interview with Bloomberg, you expressed his expectations for the summit to result in improved capabilities to address North, uh, North Korea's threats. And he also highlighted plans to share real-time missile warning data about North Korea uh, among the three countries as well. Whether any missile sharing data is Reached during the summit, eyes uh, will also be on that as well. And in response to the planned trilateral summit and the upcoming joint military drills between South Korea and the U.S., North Korea is, of course, heightened provocations follows. This is our second keyword of the day. Preparing missile launch. So PPP lawmaker says uh, uh, North Korea is gearing up for potential provocation, uh, such as launching an ICBM to coincide with the upcoming trilateral summit. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so the lawmaker in question is uh, Yu sang Bam. He disclosed this information, citing an NIS report to a closed parliamentary session. Uh, he revealed that the 
Conspicuous activities uh, related to vehicles linked to ICBM launches have been observed in Pyongyang. Uh, frequent movements of materials from liquid fuel factories suggest preparations for uh, an ICBM launch. There's also speculation that North Korea may conduct a joint exercise involving their armed forces, possibly testing a missile equipped with a tactical nuclear weapon. Uh, this is based on significant vehicle movements around the country's uh, solid fuel missile production facilities. Furthermore, there's a chance that North Korea could launch a military reconnaissance satellite in late August uh, this month or early next month, depending on whether they've resolved issues encountered during a previous satellite launch, which, of course, had failed. Mm -hmm. So the North Korean side have always been saying that they are adamant of trying to successfully launch uh, another one. Uh, the NIS also reported that Kim Jong-un and Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu uh, reached a broad understanding on military cooperation, including potential, me uh, potential weaponry sales and joint military exercises. That came during Shoigu's uh, visit to the North last month. Uh, a Russian official has also reportedly uh, visited North Korea to discuss the cooperation agreements, followed by a cargo plane departing from Pyongyang with unspecified uh, defense supplies. Now, North Korea is believed to have been involved in cyber attacks, resulting in the theft of over $1.5 billion in virtual funds since 2015 as well, according to the NIS report, um, including $180 million this year alone as well. All right, we'll leave it there for now as we move on to another issue related to North Korea. This is our third keyword of the day. North Korea human rights. So the UN Security Council has held its first public talks on North Korean human rights issues in six years time. So do we know what was discussed? Yeah, so the U.S. holds uh, the UNSC's rotating presidency this month and called for Thursday's meeting along with Albania and Japan. The U.N. Human Rights Chief said that many of the severe and widespread rights uh, violations are directly linked to the regime's pursuit of nuclear and ballistic missile technology. Uh, Volker Turk said such violations include the widespread use of forced labor, uh, including labor uh, in political prison camps, uh, forced use of school children to collect harvests, the requirement for families to undertake labor and provide a quota of goods to the government, and confiscation of wages from overseas workers. And he noted the nation had become even more repressive since borders were shut early in 2020 as the pandemic took hold in Asia. Uh, China and Russia, permanent members of the council, as well as North Korean allies, uh, of course, uh, unsurprisingly strongly objected to the meeting. Uh, China and Russia argued that discussing human rights issues related to a specific country, as in this case North Korea, is inappropriate given that the UNSC's founding purpose is to preserve international peace and security. They also said discussing North Korean human rights could increase regional tensions and result in negative consequences. However, the South Korean ambassador to the UN, who had the last speaking slot, uh, argued that neglecting the issue of North Korean human rights in the council ultimately deputizes uh, international peace and um, security mm -hmm. as well, because all of these practices by the North uh, that pertain to these human rights uh, violations, all pretty much the funding goes towards their weapons development as well. So, of course, uh, the ambassador is basically saying that if there are more funds available for that, then, of course, that is a uh, jeopardizing international peace and uh, security. All right. With that, we move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Stricter class. 
So the central government is cracking down on school students who disrupt class by giving uh, teachers more authority. Uh, we haven't given this uh, proper due in the last few weeks because other headlines take precedence. Mm-hmm. But let's go back because, I mean, there has been central government's efforts to ensure that both teachers and students feel safe in a learning environment. Yeah, so this all kind of kick-started, of course, uh, with the unfortunate suicide of that very young teacher uh, in Tocho in southern Seoul due to abuse from uh, a student's parents. And, of course, ever since then, uh, the government has been putting uh, conjuring up measures to try and give teachers more authority uh, and uh, more rights as well, right, right. Uh, and not just from the students, but from parents alike. Now, starting from the second semester, teachers will have the authority to confiscate mobile phones or remove disruptive students. Now, in cases where a student poses an immediate threat to themselves or others, teachers can uh, actually physically intervene to prevent their actions as well. Now, criteria and methods for such separation outside the classroom will be determined by school regulations. Uh, now, however, in such situations, teachers must immediately inform the school principal who will subsequently notify the parents or guardians. Now, currently, any form of physical punishment for students is prohibited, uh, leaving teachers exposed to the risk of classroom violence by students, but uh, not really unable to uh, not really able to respond uh, physically. Mm. Uh, the education ministry says this is part of a new set of education rules aimed at shoring up teachers' rights and authorities. Um, Teachers call for protection from abusive parents and students. Uh, The cause for that has gained public attention after uh, that young teacher that uh, we mentioned just now. Um, Now, the new rules also require teachers or parents uh, to make advanced appointments for a meeting with each other. In the event of verbal abuse or physical violence by parents, teachers will be able to terminate their meeting with parents, and they'll also be able to uh, um, refuse to meet with parents outside of work hours. Um, also, uh, calls through mobile phones will also be prohibited after uh, school well hours or work hours. Uh, more public opinions on these matters. Uh, meanwhile, will be taking place from today until the 28th as mm. well. So as you've said, I mean, the first part of, of uh, the report today, it's about, I mean, going back and ensuring that teachers have authorities in the classrooms. But it's also, like you said, teachers' rights. I mean, should parents be allowed to contact any of their uh, children's teachers at all times of the day through not just phone calls, let's be honest, there's text messages, there's social media, direct messaging services. And so should there be clear boundaries? And now the schools want to say... Yes. Belated? I think so. Yeah, certainly. And on to our final keyword of the day. Uh, Boost AI. So finance minister Chu Kyung-ho has announced plans to foster the AI semiconductor industry in South Korea. Can you tell us the details, Adam? Because clearly I I can't. (laughs) Well, I certainly can. Now, the government uh, will be setting up data centers using domestically made AI semiconductors to support uh, the growth of new industries. One will be in Gwangju down south, as well as in uh, Gyeonggi province's Pangyo, which is not too far away. Uh, It'll also significantly expand support for producing prototypes for startup companies developing uh, system semiconductors. 
It'll also build a frequency band exclusively for urban air mobility, or UAM for short, to take a leading role in setting criteria for the operation of the mobility uh, technology. There's been a lot of uh, companies, uh, startups, and conglomerates alike who've been investing a lot in this uh, UAM uh, mm. technology, flying taxis, and uh, for one, uh, and also flying cars, a possibility in the very far future for now anyway. <laughs> Managing our expectations probably, there. <laughs> yeah, certainly probably not in our lifetime or uh, some experts say even ever because of just the whole infrastructure headache that comes with it and the kind of, some are saying it's impossible. But anyway, there are hopes anyway. But uh, And uh, Chu said the uh, frequency band uh, for a, a UAM should be able to provide information on real-time traffic conditions and weather uh, among other things as well. So there's a whole array of things that go into these mm. urban air mobilities. But of course, we've seen, for example, um, drones being used to deliver uh, goods, uh, food, food and whatnot. Mm. And yeah, and uh, we've seen uh, the first actual commercial practice of that in Korea uh, not so long ago. Um, as I said, autonomous cars, uh, not quite so flying cars, but autonomous cars are also drawing attention as a uh, future mobility technology. The self-driving car technology is evolving by uh, the uh, day, month and uh, mm. year. They, the government will also revise a law on privacy as well to allow car makers to utilize video footage filmed by vehicles to collect uh, relevant data as well. If we look at cars that are being produced over the past uh, year or two, the number of cameras that are put in cars now built in are just uh, increasing. You sometimes get three cameras in the front and three cameras in the back. And so there's a lot of things and information and pictures and footage that these vehicles are collecting as they are on the road. And of course, that brings into the question of privacy. Do I want my face to be recorded on these uh, car so-called mm. dasher cams or black boxes as they're known here in Korea? Um, and meanwhile, used batteries for electric vehicles will be regrouped uh, as a recyclable resource to contribute to sustainable growth. Currently, they are uh, grouped as disposable waste. Uh, now, the government plans to select 10 key areas, including health, welfare and education as well, besides those that I just mentioned uh, by the end of, end of this year that are subject for these um, extensive support measures. Thank you very much, Adam, for a week's worth of coverage. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. You too. Have a great weekend. See you next week. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.